Hello, and welcome to the Self-Sufficient Hub podcast. I'm Carl from selfsufficienthub.com, and I'm here to talk about all things self-sufficiency, all things homesteading, and about how we can reduce the gap between our consumption and our production. Sustainability and food security matters. everyone and welcome to the self-sufficient hub podcast today i have with me a special guest from across the pond over in the states rick lintz and we're going to be talking all about tiny homes and uh well before we go any further why don't you uh, introduce yourself rick tell us a little bit about yourself hey my name is rick i'm i live in northeastern arizona i moved off grid full-time about seven months ago and um, uh, I have six grown children and 10 grandchildren. Wow. I had no idea you had such a big family. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was a single so, parent of five of them for a very long time. Wow. Wow. That's quite the quite the workload there, Rick. Yeah, definitely. Um, so you're in the process of moving into a tiny home. Is that right? Correct. So let's start right from the bare bones. I've got lots of things I want to ask you, but um, mm-hmm. the idea of tiny homes there, we, uh, would you say that's quite a common thing in the US, not necessarily to live in one, but the idea of them, is it something that everybody is aware of? Because I don't think that's oh, yeah. the case here. Oh yes, it, it is. There's actually, they have a lot of shows about them on the like discovery and Nat Geo. It's a, uh, it's a thing. It has been a thing now for the past few years. So perhaps just start by uh, putting putting some meat on those bones then, because like I say, here in the UK, I think I, I don't think they'll be um, unheard of to any of my listeners. But I think generally speaking, there's something lots of people would have no idea what I meant if I said a tiny home. Um, right. Obviously, we're not we're not the two words mean <laughs> on their yeah. own, but uh, you know, yeah. it, it means more than that, doesn't it? It's, it's like an ethos as much as anything else. So uh, yes. maybe just, you know, talk to me a little bit about that. Well, a lot of them, you know, started out um, as they're on wheels. Mm-hmm. And ours is only one story because um, a lot of those that are on wheels, you know, they can move them wherever they want. Um, and they're very, you know, crammed in there. And they work for people. They like it. So they're not just living in this giant, you know, two, 3,000 square foot home. Now, ours is 480 square feet. And, uh, no loft in it. I'm too old to be climbing up into a loft. I just, you know, I'm in my fifties, <laughs> but yeah, I don't want to be going to bed and have to climb up a, a steep ladder. Sure. Um, and I've, the research I've done, they consider anything a tiny home under 600 square feet. Right. Um, but basically it's just condensing everything down and not needing all that extra space for useless stuff that you just don't need. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. And took me, a little bit through your thought process, Rick, how did you come to be where you are now? Well, see, I suffer from panic and anxiety and I have for 30 years now. Um, and it was really, really bad. Um, I lived up in uh, Washington state, North of Seattle, up by the Canadian border. I was born and raised there. The weather up there is just atrocious. Uh, it's always raining. Usually always cloudy, gray, and I wanted to be somewhere in the sun. And yep. so I, I, about 10 years ago, I started, you know, looking around in like New Mexico here in Arizona. 
And I came across this in Arizona about two years ago, a little over two years ago. And all of a sudden COVID hit. And when COVID hit, everybody was thinking we got to move way far away from everybody. So land here was selling like crazy. Right. So I got in the truck and mind you, I said I had panic and anxiety. It was hard for me to go to the store. Well, I had to drive 1500 miles down here to look at the land so I can purchase it. And then I didn't want to build this big flashy home. We just, we just wanted something for me and my wife, something small. And the tiny home seemed perfect minus the, the ladder and the loft and all that. Yeah. 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 So it was more a case of, um, you weren't sort of chasing the tiny home dream. It was just that. That's right. What, it just kind of what, fell in the lap. Yeah. 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 Sure. And are you building it um, or doing some of the building work yourself or how are you yes. actually? So how much of it are you doing yourself and how much of it is prefabricated? Well, what we got was the prefabricated part was the shell and it's completely sided roof. It's got the metal on the roof, had the windows, had the front door. Um, then we built walls in it. Yeah. Um, right now I just got done painting my son's inside. Um, we're going to add bathrooms onto it because it, once I looked at it inside, it just wasn't quite big enough to, to have a, a bathroom in there. And so I'm adding on a seven by 10 bathroom mm-hmm. and see, so that'll be 74. So still under 600 square feet. It'll be 550 square feet. Um, but we built the walls inside. We're doing all, we did all the insulating, the drywall, the mudding, taping. I, I can't stand mudding and taping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think you're in good company there. Mm-hmm. And, it's uh, a pain. And, yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and how much actual downsizing is involved for you? Well, the home we lived in before was around 1800 square feet. Yeah. So um, nearly four times the size, but, four times the size, but you know, we didn't use hardly, there was only a certain area. Even my wife would say, if we just cut off this whole three quarters of the house, that's all we would, that's all we really used all the time. Yeah. Cause all it did was just accumulate more stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not really that interested in being a minimalist. I don't know if that's a big thing over there it is a big thing here. There's, you know, it's got its niche. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I don't want to have a bunch of stuff that I don't need. It's just going yeah. to collect dust. For sure. So, so how did you, is that like a realization that you just came to you, you and your wife, or was there a catalyst that kind of drove it? It kind of, it was slowly, it, you know, it wasn't nothing catalytic that drove us to it. It just, you know, over time. You just kind of realized that you've got all this space you're not using and all this stuff that you don't need. Right. Sure. Yep. Sure. And obviously, the you know, it's quite easy to think of the advantages, obviously, the cost of the, the building itself, um, mm-hmm. but also running costs and couple couple that with the idea of living completely off grid. I imagine it makes the sort of infrastructure insofar as like the utility side of things that much yep. easier to install. So much easier. So much easier. Um you know, and if you, if you know how to do the work, it's even, it's so much cheaper. You, you save thousands. Um, but if, you know, if you move to an area like that, really far off grid, there's always somebody around that knows how to do that is usually more than willing to help hire, you know, yeah, um, 
and it's fun doing it yourself. You know, you see the progress and it's taken a little while because, um, I don't know if it's happening in the UK. Well, I'm sure it is happening all over the world. The supply chain is just oh, yeah. really messed up. Yeah, really messed yeah. up. So we ordered these way back in uh, uh, early May. They just got delivered. And that was because not only the supply chain, but then we get the monsoon rains here in Arizona during July and uh, September. And this season was a heavy almost record-setting monsoon season, which is good because we needed the rain. Yeah, that's right. But it wasn't so good for your roads, was it? I saw that on no, your uh, road. We were, we were trapped in. I've got videos of, of the washes in the water, the power of that water. You know, if that energy could have been harvested from that, it would have been incredible. Yeah, yeah. But, so let's talk about that then and, you know, the harvesting of energy. What, what are you, not just energy, but water, what, what are mm-hmm. your, you know, your infrastructure plans? How is that all going okay. to work? Yeah. Well, we first looked into, you know, getting a well done. And I don't know if it's because they have the uh, whole lock on the market, but the cost of putting in a well, I, we did have a water survey done. And they use technology that the oil and gas companies used to use to find pockets, you know, deposits. Yeah. And they, they found water here between 300 and 400 feet. We live on one of the largest aquifers in the U.S. Right. Um, actually, we kind of straddled two of the largest aquifers. And once I got in with the well drilling company, from what we gathered, you know, they didn't want to give us really a straight answer. Um, <laughs> let's put it, yeah. put it this way. I have an, a neighbor, as in a neighbor who lives eight miles from here. They have a $17,000 dry hole. Wow. Because you pay, you pay no matter if they hit water or not. Yeah. You know, so they would have to continue paying, and they just said, nope, that's it. From what I figured out for me doing all the math, it would cost between fifty to seventy thousand dollars to drill a well. Wow. Now we have a community well on this, you know, it's like a probably twenty-five thousand acres in total. Um, that I can get water there for free. Um, I have IBC totes. I don't know if you're familiar with those. They're, yeah. Yeah, the two seventy-five gallons and three thirties. I'll haul water like that. If I go into town. It's a penny a gallon. I'll take my trailer. I go haul it. Mm-hmm. It's real simple and, and super fast. And then I have a bunch of IBC totes here. But our main setup, we have two 5,000 gallon, or no, excuse me, 2,600 gallon tanks that I have set up back behind our place, kind of uphill a little bit. They'll be fed together. They'll go into water line down to our pressure house. And then from that pressure house, all the lines go. To pay that money to buy a well, it would just have to be, I'd have to use the water from probably three or four lifetimes yeah, to yeah. ever get my money back. You know, it just. For sure. So we'll do a combination of hauling it and then I will have, that pressure house will also be a filtration house, um, rain catchment. Yeah. Uh, there's another neighbor of mine. They got, you know, when those monsoons hit. They received in their system in five days, 1,300 gallons. I don't know how much that is in liters, but that's a lot. Yeah. 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 So so we haven't had any problem with never. I was like, oh, we don't have any water on hand. We always have water on hand. Yeah, no, that sounds good. And the, the well, the sort of communal well, 
that you have there that uh, that that never runs dry it hasn't yet and hopefully that's <laughs> another reason i didn't want to get a well i wouldn't want to pay you know even twenty thousand dollars and have the well go dry yeah yeah for sure but yeah. that's uh, i mean that sounds that sounds like at least um cost effective to to just haul it in right oh yeah very cost effective so much cheaper and it's not like i have to pack the water myself you know no no i have a trailer that i keep my totes on yeah and i just go there and you just put the it's got a hose that hangs from it for the one in town you just put your quarters in and it fills it really quick Great. Uh, the community well it's it's ran off a solar pump and it fills this uh, 10,000 gallon tank and then it's gravity fed to where we hook up our hoses. Yeah. And that, that does all, just take longer. And that does all of your drinking water, your washing water, everything all, all comes from your, everything. your tanks yeah. that you have up on the A hill. lot of times we'll, we buy water, um, the bottled water. Uh -huh. um, but I do have a, I do have a Berkey filter. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Um, I'm, I'm semi familiar with it. Is it okay, those... sort of sits in the sink? Yeah. Well, this one just sits, it, it almost looks like one of the old coffee makers, you know, mm -hmm. it's just this round thing. It's got carbon filters in it. That is the best water filter I've ever, ever used in my life. I'm it's, it's expensive, but it's worth, I, all the reviews said it's worth it. It's so worth it. And it is definitely worth it. Excellent. I would use it even, I would use it probably more if I was in, you know, on a city water because I can't stand the city waters no matter where I've been. Right. You know, but, but yeah, and, the water does for everything. And how about your other utilities? Other utility, um, the sewer works. I'm in the process of putting on my uh, septic. I'm still waiting on my tractor. It's been six months. I've got everything ready. I just need to dig the leach field. Um, in the meantime, we have removable tanks and composting toilets. Um, as far as, yeah, and it's worked out just fine. I don't, I wouldn't want to do that the rest of my life, but um, sure. power, nothing but solar. I get, we get so much sun here and yeah. solar panels are so cheap compared to what they were saying in the nineties. When I first got into it, uh, they were almost cost prohibitive. They were so much and that's because not too many companies were making them. Yeah. So we got the solar panels with our, our whole setup, um, and regular generators as well for backup and, uh, solar generators, which I absolutely love. And there's, they're really hitting the world by storm and it's i i love that fact because it's they're making them more efficient more powerful more affordable i actually just did a review on a on a blue eddy and the eco eco flow i own both great great products so when you when you say a, a solar generator do you mean just like an all-in-one unit yep it you charge it um you know it's not gas operated at all yeah uh it's got the built-in lithium battery yeah uh, it's got the bms system the inverter everything all in one i mean you can charge it with your generator with regular ac power um solar of course um it's it, they're great i love them and what sort of what sort of cost are they well i think they have the like the um eco flow right now is doing their black friday thing um and it's a 1.2 kilowatt and I think they got it on sale for eleven hundred. That's good. It it really is. You know, the Blue Eddy I have is a two kilowatt. I got that for fifteen hundred. Yeah. But it's it'll it'll the Blue Eddies are incredible. 
the life cycles on them, they, they say it's at least 3,500. Well, if you were using, <laughs> having to do a complete, complete cycle every day and to do that, you would have to get no sun or anything else. Yeah. Um, that alone would be 12 years. Yeah. 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 For so sure. It should last. It should last me the, you know, the rest of my life anyways. No That's problem. Fantastic. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And so I suppose the, 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 the next thing is heating. What, what I, don't, I don't suppose you actually have to worry too much about heating in Arizona. Do you? Yeah, we actually haven't had to, if anything, <laughs> we were having to cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've got AC to worry about. Yeah. Um, not now though. Um, now, you know, during the days it's, it's beautiful. It's perfect temperatures. It's been getting down in the, to the twenties yeah. so below freezing at night. Um, we right now we're while we're doing our tiny home we have we each have an rv i me and my wife stay in an rv and then my son and my dad who recently moved here with us to stay live in another rv while we do the the home construction the tiny home construction yeah Um, and they they both have propane furnaces and we just use the 100 pound tanks and we'll go fill them and that's another cost that's gone up i don't know about i well actually i heard you guys had a lot of fuel shortages over there yeah, but it's, our, uh, our gas, yeah, gas our, prices are through the roof. Over gas there. prices here are just crazy, yeah. and propane has shot up. I want to say seventy five percent from a year ago. Yeah, no, that sounds about right. Yeah, but what's your what's your long term plans for, for heating? Well, I was going to go with a pellet stove. Um, the wife doesn't want a fireplace in there just because they can be messy. So I thought we'll go with a pellet stove. Once we got them insulated and drywalled a pellet stove would be overkill yeah we'd just be cooked out so i believe in this one product that we actually use a lot and they just are fabulous and that's the mr heaters um they're ventless they're extremely safe to use they've got so many people that have just been using them for years and so i got thirty thousand btu heater for our place and then another one for my sons they're basically identical they're they're identical shells that came and the layout's just the opposite is all it is but though we should have no problem heating up as soon as that sun comes up and gets through the windows as yeah. long as you know we got it insulated good yeah i'm not not concerned about staying warm at all no, it's no. just the state but it'll be easier to stay cool as well because in the rvs you know that's just a tin can yeah and so the sun's constantly beating on it and you don't have near the insulation in it. It should be a way easier to keep us cool as well. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, what about things like, you know, t- telephone and internet? Internet. I signed up for Starlink. Um, I want to say nine months ago, still waiting, still waiting. It's available in our area. But um, and somebody up here actually already has it, and they said they just love it. Right now, we have our cell phones, and uh, through Verizon, and I get the internet through Verizon. I do the, through my regular phone, and then it gives me more hotspot. And then we also have Viasat satellite that I will get rid of once um, Starlink does ship my unit. Um, does, so it, does, it hasn't. Does, it's does been Starlink- difficult. Does Starlink work from like a 4G signal? It's not a wired system. The Starlink's uh, uh, from uh, SpaceX, um, Elon Musk company. Oh, wow. Okay. I've never heard of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, Starlink is taking, he, he wants internet, high speed internet available to everyone on the planet. They wow. have launched 
thousands of these little satellites that just cover all over the earth. And he wants, you know, like say you got a community of natives way up by the North pole. They have internet now. Wow. Because of that. Um, Starlink is incredible. They just got slammed. They have 700,000 people waiting that have already signed up backlog. They've already put their deposit down. The only issue with them is it's a small satellite dish. And I guess it's, and a, a unit, they can only make 5,000 of them a week. So once you do the math, it's going to yeah, take yeah. a while. Yeah, yeah, until they but, gear up. I imagine they'll gear up to make more. Yeah. And I actually, one of my friends, neighbors, didn't live too far from here. I went with my laptop over there and tapped into it, and I was blown away. It's like 150 megabytes a second to wow. where I'm lucky to get seven or – I'm happy if I get seven or eight megabytes a second here. Yeah. So that has been an adjustment for us because where we moved from, you know, it was everything was completely high speed. Um, we were in you know, the slowest speeds we were getting between 50 and 70, you know, we're usually getting a couple hundred. So we like to stream, yeah. you know, Hulu, Netflix, stuff like that. And um, yeah. it's been a little more difficult. Yeah. But, you know, those are just luxuries. So we've still been able to make it work. Hi guys, I'm just very quickly interrupting the show to say please consider supporting it. If you'd like to consider supporting this one-man operation, there's lots of ways you can do it. One of the easiest of which is just to talk about it, to share it online on your social media pages or with friends. By growing this audience is one of the best ways that we can actually ensure that the show is sustainable. If you'd like to support it more directly, then please consider becoming a patron. You can do so by going to patreon.com forward slash self-sufficient hub by becoming a patron you help me to achieve things that i'd love to be able to do in the future such as buying better equipment to increase the quality allowing me to pay myself some time to spend on the podcast again increasing the quality of it and also paying for things like transcription and show notes if you would like to do that please do consider going to patreon.com forward slash self-sufficient hub thank you Everything you do to support this show is really appreciated. And, and you kind of get used to the workarounds, don't you? I mean, I'm guessing that yeah. you're down, downloading things in advance to watch later yeah. and stuff. And because yep. you, you, where, where I live, you know, our internet is awful. It's, it's really bad. And yeah. I've got three teenage children and my wife, oh, yeah. was, you know, so it's, it's an absolute yeah. nightmare. Yeah, that explained but, it to me right there. It's like, oh, yep, you're screwed. Yeah, yeah there you um, go. <laughs> yeah. You get, you get nope. used to, you know, if I if I want to watch three hours of Netflix on a Saturday, I'm going to need to make sure that I've spent the week doing a bit of downloading in advance if I don't want to be. Yeah. Same here. Yep. Yeah. A lot of times what I'll do, and that's what I like about Netflix and Hulu actually just start just, they didn't do it before, but they do now where you can, download if i'm in town and i have a a strong signal like my bank they have yeah. the most awesome internet there i'll just sit <laughs> in the parking lot and let it yeah. download real quick take it home boom yeah perfect <laughs> another thing we had to do when we first got here i had at&t and it just wasn't working you know it it worked really good for the first few few days and then it just it was horrible i couldn't get anything to even load hardly let alone you know, streaming, that was completely other question. Yeah. And then I switched to Verizon because that's in this area. They're the ones that have the towers. 
Yeah. And the nearest tower is 18 miles from here. Yeah. But even then, um, I was still having struggling and somebody told me about the Wii boost. It was expensive. It was like six, $700, but it's just this long pole with a little antenna on it. And it's a cell phone signal booster. And I went from two bars to full 4g. Perfect. Just with that. Yeah. And so to me, for me, it was worth every penny. Yeah. 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 And have you, have you always been the sort of person who sort of, looks at these challenges as, as a bit of fun is, is that always yeah, been, actually you know what, that's, that's, yeah i, I am i, I, I really never impression. thought of it yeah i actually never thought of that but i think yeah you're right i guess i have now that i asked <laughs> about it yeah i really yeah. do <laughs> yeah i think that makes a huge difference when you're trying to do something uh perhaps that not everyone else is doing right you know if, if you if you find the challenge itself and getting over it a bit of fun and, and something that sort of drives you then uh, it makes the whole process so much more rewarding and uh, more you're more likely to get on and uh, enjoy the process it it, it it so is it instead of just stressing and getting frustrated you know you you get a little excitement about it and you're like well i'm gonna make this work i'm gonna do it like this and yeah i've never been this happy in my life living off grid well that's great that's yeah. great. So, so how long have you been away from your other home, your your previous home? I moved uh, out for good back in April. April. Yeah, we bought the property, our off grid property. We have eighty acres. Um, we bought it August of twenty twenty. Um, I did come down in the month of February last year, or well, technically this year, um, and that was winter time. I actually got sunburned in the winter down here wow used to the sun you know it was still getting in the 60s but uh i spent a month here you know doing machine work putting in the driveway getting these rvs set up and then we moved here permanently in the middle of april yeah and been here ever since and i don't regret don't regret i was about to say so so far so good you know everyone's happy everyone's everyone's really happy that they that's the decision you've made yeah definitely was it important to you to be off grid? Was that like part of the puzzle that you wanted to solve? It really was. Yeah, yeah. It really was. Because I'd rather be in control of myself, you know. Um, we were always losing power up there. Any kind of windstorm, car accident, hitting a pole. Um, we see it on Facebook, you know, in other areas we lived in, or even just in the town that's here. All oh, the power's out. My power never goes out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, there's never, something. And I'm not paying it to a company. Yeah, this yes, is the initial setup, you know, but yeah. it it pays for itself in no time. There's something very um, empowering, you know, about being the, ma- the master of your own destiny, isn't it? You know, if you if your yeah. your power goes out, there's no one to ring. It's not um, it's not a case of it all falls who, on me. Who, yep. Exactly, exactly. You know, if your power goes out, well, you've done something wrong, or it's something yep. for you, you to fix, it's or something to solve for me to for fix. Time. And yeah. I can fix it usually. That's in under right. five minutes. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> Anytime that happens, five, oh, shoot, I was using too much on that one load. I just have to go out and reset it. Boom, back on. No problem. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. And and, and that applies across the board. So um, w- what would you, would you say that the two sort of went hand in hand, the idea of a tiny home and being off grid? Or was it, you know, was it one drove you and then the other sort of came along for the ride? Kind of one drove me and that was being off grid. Um, yeah. That to me, that was the most important thing. Um, the tiny home, 
I wanted to see our dollars stretch further. Yeah. I didn't want to spend thousands upon thousands just for something that I, I, I enjoy being outside. I live in an area where we can finally be outside a lot. I would rather spend all that extra money and build a really nice uh, outdoor kitchen. Um, there's a channel I watch in uh, Canada. This guy just built his outdoor kitchen and it's beautiful. Give me a bunch of ideas. Um, I just wanted to see the money go a lot further, do a lot more. Yeah. Do a lot more that would make us more self-sufficient. Yeah, yeah. You will never be completely 100% self-sufficient yeah. unless, you know, if something really hit the fan bad before you had to. But I want to be as self-sufficient as possible. Yeah, yeah. You're preaching to the choir, sir. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, I love it. So are you going to be growing your own food and doing all that kind of stuff as well? Oh, yes. Definitely. Fantastic. Fantastic. And um, so just quickly, sort of talk me through the order in which you've you've done everything. Uh, as far as the whole setup here? or Yeah, yeah. You know, was it a case of, obviously, you bought the land. And right. then, you know, what, what was it? You know, was the infrastructure insofar as roads already in? Or, you know, how did it work from there? Basically, there was just, you know, once you get off the highway, I'm 17 miles from the highway. Mm-hmm. And the highway is just a two-lane road in the middle of nowhere. Um, and it's all dirt and a little bit of rock road completely up here. Um, and it just was just bare land. Um, I punched in the driveway, uh, and, uh, leveled out a good spot, had, a had a guy hauling these fifth wheels for me. I, cause they're, I don't have a fifth wheel connection in my truck or anything. So he hauled two of them in here for me. And then I've got and all my solar panels that are set up now are, in a temporary spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them will stay, um, but our majority, I'll build the system up there. My goal was to get the water done in, <coughs> excuse me, and uh, get the homes going, just get that kind of stuff. I do have chickens. Um, I do want to get some more livestock. Uh, we want to raise a couple, couple beef. Um, oh, I do want to raise them. Yeah, I want to raise some goats. I'm not a I'm not into goat milk. Um, I'd like to just raise them to kid, make a little extra money on the side. Yeah, I, I enjoy goats, and I actually do enjoy like goat meat. Yeah, and and I never knew this until I actually was researching more. Goat meat is the most consumed meat in the world. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not not in I, uh, not in not in the Western world. Not in the but, Western uh, world, overall, but overall, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, right. But um do that i want to get some turkeys um um the gardens you know we have so much space now the planning and all that basically i'm waiting on the tractor you know to really do a lot of that because it makes it go so much faster of course Uh, we did test some this year growing and i was blown away we didn't even hardly try that hard and we got so much off of so little it just blew my mind and what my wife does now when we eat something she gets the seeds out she soaks them in a water glass of water. You let them soak there for a couple of days, two, three days. The ones that float are bad. They, they're not going to grow. You just throw them away. The rest of them she dries them out, completely dries them out. And then she puts them in a baggie and seals them up tight and we'll use them next year. And we've got big plans for our gardens. Big Fantastic. Plans. I'm, uh, I'm very jealous. It sounds amazing. 
we uh oh, I love it. yeah we obviously do a fair bit here but uh mm-hmm. you know nothing on nothing on the sort of scale of tens of acres that you're, you're talking over there it sounds very right very I mean, exciting we have, yeah we were only on a quarter acre lot yeah yeah where we were at before and it was very shaded there was big trees all around um and it, when it well, when the sun was out which was rare and when you have a 1800 square foot home on top of that quarter acre, it didn't leave you with much space. No. So well, we just, real- it, it just goes back to what you were saying about, you know, choosing where to spend your money and, and getting yeah. the most bang for your buck. Exactly. It all comes down to that. What, what'll give you the most bang for your buck. Exactly. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, um, I can't think of, of anything else that I wanted to sort of cover really, Rick, but if there's anything you feel we've left out that you'd like to share, please, by all means do, but also don't feel you have to come up with something. <laughs> right. I think... can't think of anything. I might, okay, I, cool. I, my mind has been just getting overloaded, but in a good way, you yeah, know, yeah. when I lived in the cities, it was in a bad way. Yeah. Here, my mind gets overloaded by all the projects and all the sustainable practices I want to start doing. I just need to tell myself to relax and just, it's happening, you know. Yeah. It's hard to get that that thought process of living in a rat race where you got to go, 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 go. Yeah. You know, it's well, such a more healthier lifestyle. I love it. What well, one of the things that I found personally so rewarding with, things like growing a garden and and producing our own food is it connects you to that cyclic nature of everything and the impermanence of everything. And there is no finish line. Nothing's ever finished. Exactly. When when you kind of plug into that, it really can take a lot of that pressure away from, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the way that we're, you know, we've been culturally wired to be where, you know, there's always a finish line that we're striving for and, and we're trying to achieve this goal and finish this task before we immediately start the next one. Whereas when you're, you know, producing things with nature and, and, and nothing's ever finished and there's always something mm-hmm. to do after that thing that's the same part of the same overall project. It's a really nice way of, of, uh, being a little bit more gentle with yourself, I suppose. And, yeah. and you know, just it, it's okay to say, well, I'll get done whatever I get done today. And and that's what exactly. I'm supposed to do. Yeah. And that's been a learning process, but it's a good learning process. And that's basically, that's weird that you said that. Cause that's what I've been saying a lot lately is, you know what, whatever I get done today, I get done today, do more tomorrow. Um, yeah. Another thing it made me think of when you were talking about the gardens that reminded me of, I forgot because it's been so long since I've been able to do anything on that scale. I forgot how good home raised stuff tastes. Yeah, there's no no comparison to store bought. No. Um, whether it be the eggs, where I they weren't my eggs, but some neighbors I bought. I was buying eggs off of them. Yeah, and oh my god! And then our our peppers, like bell peppers and stuff like that. Yeah, they actually it just blew me away how good they tasted. Yeah, because these big companies they don't they don't produce or grow that stuff for flavor, they grow it for quantity and to make as much as they yeah. can and, and and to lose as and, not lose, you know. And yeah. they grow like strawberries are are commercially grown strawberries are grown to look nice and right. um and, and stay exactly. looking nice for a long time. That's what they're selected mm-hmm. for. That's it. That's what nothing, they're nothing for. else. Nothing and, else. And it never it wasn't like that back when I was a kid. Sure. You know. But then I grew up on a farm, my grandparents' farm and and you know yeah. what? That that is a good I'm glad you kind of brought that up because that does 
what drove me to want to live this type of lifestyle was the best time of my life, you know, when I was young, was living on my grandparents' farm. Yeah, back yeah. in the back in the seventies, I I loved it. Yeah. Well, my my sons won't eat um, any other sweet corn than 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 the stuff we grow here. They say it just doesn't taste of anything. It you know, doesn't. But... <laughs> it has no flavor. No, they, they just won't. If, it, if they, they, they'll ask me, so what, what is this sweet corn from our garden? And if the answer is no, they just won't eat it. <laughs> won't eat it. <laughs> I don't blame them. No. You know? um, and the same really can go with meats as well. Um, sure. I remember when I raised raised pork. Uh, this was back in the nineties, and oh, that home raised pork was so good. And, yeah. you know, anytime I get pork from the stores now, it just has no flavor. You see the pig farms and they just have them crammed in this giant circle. I mean, literally just crammed. I'm not exaggerating. They just constantly go around feeding, fattening up to, to get butchered. Yeah. There's no, they're not getting any exercise. They're not, they're, it's not natural to me. No, it's no life for at the all. pig. And it, and it, and it's exactly. No, no and advantage. I, I am a big believer in, you know, yes, I eat meats, but my animals will always have a very good life. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I I'm a big more. believer in that. And I like to know where my, my food comes from. So as much of it I can do myself, the better. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Rick, I'm wondering if um, we, we can stay in touch and I wonder maybe oh, yeah. we'll, uh, we'll touch base and you can, if you, if you want to pop back on in sort of six months and update us with yeah. where you are. Well, and how oh yeah. Are going. I'd, uh, I'd like to do that very much. Definitely. Awesome. Well, Rick, before we go, why don't you uh, let everybody know where they can uh, check out your progress? Yeah. Um, you can find me on YouTube at Arizona High Desert Homestead. Um, and I'll, I have links on all, all my videos for my Facebook, um, Facebook page about it. Um, I've been working on getting that more, more, uh, up to date. Cause I was kind of slacking from that. It's really hard to, especially at the beginning, it was a learning experience on filming and still being able to do the work. You know, yeah. I've been finding that balance. Yeah. I was like, how do, sure. I, how do people do this? You know, yeah, yeah. I want to hurry to get it done, but I've been finding the click for that. But I've got a lot of videos on there, and I'm going to be cranking out a lot more now. Good um, stuff. Yeah, I, I enjoy it. So, yeah, Arizona High Desert Homestead on YouTube. And it's got links for any other thing that I've got as well. Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, thank you ever so much, Rick, for coming on today. Thank and uh, like I You're say, welcome. We'll thank you, Carl. No worries. And we'll definitely meet up again in the future. Definitely. I look forward to it. Thank you cool. so much for having me. This episode of the Self-Sufficient Hub podcast was brought to you by our patrons. You guys are awesome. If you'd like to support the show, there's lots of ways you can do it. The easiest of which is just to like and review it wherever you get our podcasts. You can also tell somebody about it, whether that's on social media or just face-to-face -face with a friend who you think might benefit from it. But however you support our podcast, we really, really appreciate it. If you'd like to become a patron, please consider doing so by going to patreon.com forward slash self-sufficient hub. However you support the podcast, it's listeners like you that make all of this possible. Thank you ever so much for listening, and I'll speak to you really soon.